Welcome. On Behind the API, we talk to people who work to build awesome API products and partnerships about their journey, learnings, and overall approach. On today's session for Behind the API, we're joined by Jeff Forkin, currently leading FinTech partnerships at Gusto, his former Currency Cloud, and also hosts the notorious podcast, Headless Banking. Jeff, thanks for being with us today. Hey, Kirby, thanks for having me on. It's super fun to be on interviewed. I haven't, I don't, I haven't done other people's podcasts. I'm, I'm always just asking the questions. So it's going to, it's fun to flip things around. Um, well, should I go through? Get us, yeah, go ahead. Uh, to get us started off, um, you know, what's going on with FinTech partnerships at Gusto? And why does it have you excited? Yeah, yeah. So good question. Um, a lot is going on with FinTech partnerships at Gusto. <clears throat> Maybe I'll just give like a quick background. <clears throat> Excuse me. So people kind of know where I'm coming from a little bit. But, uh, you know, I was at Currency Cloud for almost four years um, prior to leaving in February of 2020. Um, sorry, 2021. And, you know, that's where, and before that, I was actually, I was at another company called Finastra where we were selling um, software engines to banks to automate and streamline OFAC screening as well as international wires, ACH, and uh, FX. So I got really deep into the weeds and, and actually, you know, understanding compliance in terms of international payments. And so as I, I took that knowledge with the Currency Cloud, I saw Currency Cloud as a huge opportunity because there is not really anybody who out there who's done a good job in fixing the cross-border payment problem. And I think Currency Cloud is probably as close as you can come to like a true tech platform that makes cross-border payments super easy. They still have their own issues. Everybody does in cross-border, but they do a really good job. So I saw like this whole opportunity to bring Currency Cloud's tech into the United States and simplify cross-border payments. Um, and my, my thesis there was we were gonna sell it to banks. Um, and that didn't work out actually, because <laughs> banks are like impossible to sell to, especially if you're a small, a small FinTech company or not, you know, if you're a Pfizer or FIS, one of those big guys, it's easy. Uh, we, we ended up getting a white label product that into the hands of a couple banks, two or three in my tenure there. And then I think we're, they're still pushing that effort forward. And there's some, what's funny is now, like some banks now are starting to build their own APIs. So you see like Evolve, um, there's Falls FinTech, which is part of um, Central Payments. They've kind of, they, they are building their own APIs now, which is interesting. And so that means that companies that have our FinTech that have APIs might be able to persuade those banks to patch them in. Uh, but it's a very slow moving machine uh, as we're all aware of. But to your question, like what's going on with FinTech partnerships with Gusto, I think that gets us to where we, where we are today a little bit is that Gusto's platform is massive, right? I mean, we have over 200,000 small businesses growing at a pretty quick clip. And I think what's really interesting is that that's, I think that's the, that is actually the, uh, the sweet spot for FinTech these days. You know, everything else has been kind of tapped out. You have their solutions for large corporates or if large corporates are going to go to their bank and they're going to, they, they can deal with some of the cumbersome stuff. Um, and consumers, we have, I, I have like 17 different fintech apps on my phone right now. There's plenty of options, whether it's investments, payments, cross-border, there's always an app, crypto, whatever. 
but for small businesses, just they've been left behind, and they're still you know a huge part of the economy. I think there's over 20 million small businesses in the United States, uh, and they make up something like 60% of the labor force. So yeah, it's super exciting. There's a lot of ideas that we have, and there's also a ton of companies out there like the expensifies that we already have partnerships with uh, the ramps, the Braxes of the world that are interested in figuring out how we work together. For sure. Now in that backstory, you've had several FinTech stints and, you know, you spoke at it at a high level, but I would call some attention to that. It's the, it's the, some of the least sexy and hardest problems to solve around compliance, cross border, uh, FX, a lot of those things. So, what keeps you coming back to like the fintech problem solving space? Yeah, I think you know part of it is that like we it's it was it's that was so hard. You know, that was one of the the beauty of working at Currency Cloud for me is that it was a crash course in the most difficult problems to solve. And so, in order to sell cross border payments, you had to be not only an expert in FX but also an expert in Dodd Frank. Um, because frankly, the banks didn't understand a lot of the small banks, especially which are the sponsor banks don't even do cross-border payments. And so they don't even have a compliance, uh, opinion on how to send money internationally. A lot of them are just referring that business over to Wells Fargo or, you know, PNC. Um, so there was a huge education for me and then also having to kind of share that education out and, and. So that learning all that, um, I got to really, I kind of uncovered some of the problems and, you know, now I can, I can kind of see things more clearly and it's easier to find some low hanging fruit that can fix, uh, pretty quickly, but it's, 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 you're right. Like foreign exchange is a foreign language still for most people in the U S. And so if you can get into that niche, it's, it's pretty great. Nice. Now on this series we really try to hack developer experience and learn you know what is the the fastest way to get somebody using your api or accelerating like a business development conversation and on your side you look at a lot of different partners fintech and then even just general partners on how they might work with gusto mm -hmm. and you know i'd love to learn a little bit like as you're evaluating the company uh what's kind of your process uh, for trying to decide if their tech is quality, like it's up to snuff. And then what are some red flags for you, maybe even for your team that stick out where you're like, mm, that's losing some credibility. Yeah, it's a really good question. And we've, I've, in the last year or two, I've probably evaluated no joke over, I don't know, 75 potential fin financial partners, whether it's a bank or a processor or a bass or just a payments company. Um, we've kind of looked at it all. And, you know, there's the, you kind of have, especially the processes are an easy, easy place to focus because you've got a lot of the old guard, um, which is like your, you know, your Galileos, your I2Cs, your core card, um, and a few others. And while they, they have everything you need, it's, their APIs are really difficult, somewhat difficult to understand. Uh, it kind of seems like things have been patched together or um, it's just complicated, you know? And you, that, so that's like something you definitely identify real quickly when you see like a newer company. Um, for example, 
uh, you know, some of the bass players or like there's a colo.io that's a really new processor that's doing some cool stuff. And you look at their APIs and they're so clean. And it's like very straightforward. Like if you want to do this, here's the API for you. Um, and so I would say it's not the only thing, but it's kind of the first thing maybe that you, you take a look at. You're like, okay, let's let's qualify this partner. Like, okay, where can I see your APIs? And you get into that API guide and if it doesn't look great, it puts a bad taste in your mouth, I'd say, right off the start. Yeah, so to kind of rapid fire through it, what's your stance on somebody having their API docs open versus password protected? Yeah, I, I feel like everything should be open. I'm super open just in general uh, as a person. I, I want to share knowledge with people. Like why there's nothing, I don't think much comes from like keeping things behind something behind the scenes. Uh, you know, if you got, if you're putting the information out there, and you're putting out good content. This is kind of a marketing thing, but like if people can see that you're doing amazing stuff, you're gonna, that's great. Like they're gonna be able, you're gonna get more traction. And so I don't see the point of keeping things behind passwords, especially in terms of APIs. So on the, in the spirit of storytelling, you know, one of my uh, favorite companies these days is Kodak, just beautiful product marketing, very clear on the use cases. Uh, so whenever you're looking even just at somebody's website for what could be a headless api you know what kind of jumps out to you where you're like hey this team obviously knows what they're doing and they've put a lot of intention into it yeah i think it it does you know i mean i love codad as well and you know i think you can see and even like a plaid right like plaid's a great story they've just kept it so simple and like all we do is connect bank accounts um they're I think they're evolving to do some more. They do some payment stuff now, uh, but for the longest time, they just did one thing and they did it really well. Um, and it's all about kind of those those integrations from the get go. So, yeah, I mean, when I'm if just looking at a website, um, if I can see they have a developers section and they have a solutions guide, so I can get in there and be like, okay, here's how X Y Z company integrated them and this is like what the user inter experience looks like okay that all makes sense i can embed this partner pretty easily if that's not clear like right from the beginning that's a probably a bit of a red flag for sure now in your position you get the opportunity to work with companies that may be a little bit earlier stage you know they're starting to maybe they've had a few other clients they're really working on finding that product market fit and so when you get into a B2B deal with an API company for Gusto or even your work that you were doing at Currency Cloud, what are some things that are important um, to kind of make a win-win partnership? Yeah, another really good question. So I think what's getting back to kind of the beginning of the story, I think where is that for a long, I feel like four or five years ago, everyone was like, oh, I'm going to turn on a partnerships ecosystem. We're just going to like open it up to everybody. and It's going to be cool. And it's going to cause like everyone's going to use us because we have partnerships. And I feel like that whole thing didn't work out very well. You ended up with like 100 partners and 95% of them were shitty. And they didn't really help drive your revenue. Um, and so I think, we've, I think we're dialing back on that. I know we are at Gusto, but I think in general uh, across the industry, like let's get, let's actually take more time to consider uh, what is a good partner. 
and then make sure we're going to be strategic and make it mutually beneficial so that we both have skin in the game and that we can see a real path to making revenue, um, which is kind of the approach is the approach we're taking now. And uh, there's huge opportunities if you find the right partners. Not everybody should be a partner, basically. Yeah, for sure. Now, um, shifting a little bit to your industry view um, and kind of your side piece on headless banking, what inspired you to start the Headless Banking uh, podcast? Yeah, I like uh, your, the way you classify as my side piece. Um, but it was actually my old CEO. So I didn't mention this, but between Currency Cloud and Gusto, I was actually working. I went to work for a company called RemoteTeam.com. Okay. And uh, the CEO is a gentleman named Shaheen Boydas. And, you know, we were kind of, we were getting acquired and I had some free time. And so he was like, yeah, why don't you just start a podcast or something? Like start talking to people and get your name out there. Uh, and you know, it'll help us build our network and things like that. So, and it's fun. Um, and so I did it and it, it's been great. Um, it's, I'm sure you're kind of experiencing the same thing. It's, it's a little bit at the beginning, it's a little bit daunting. Um, but then once you get the hang of it, it's just a conversation and you just have fun with it. Right. For sure. And on behind the API, I feel like I get to learn a ton from my guests. So it's a lot of self-serving for headless banking. You know, I've had the opportunity to hit a few of the episodes being from my background, like the FinTech API space. So interesting. And say, for example, you had the CTO of modern treasury on, so you got some serious guests talking about new trends and like really awesome stuff. So what are some things that you've learned from that experience or that podcast so far? Or you're like, wow, you know, that's like a new trend that I thought was kind of like a signal, but now it's more noise or like, this is a place people should run to. Yeah. Yeah. And I've been fortunate that I knew I, from currency cloud and, and even, and then in remote team and now Gusto, like I have, encountered a lot of these people that have built amazing products and so like i know i knew uh sam aarons from modern treasury four years ago when they didn't they just got into y combinator um and he was like asking us at currency cloud how to do international payments and i'm like and at, at the time i was kind of like yeah you know i mean you know you guys just got started you're probably too small like well let's talk later they ended up signing a deal with current scott i think a couple of years ago but um, and again, also like my, my podcast is, I agree, it's like self-serving. So I'm just like super lucky to be able to interview these people. I learn a ton. Um, uh, but yeah, some of the signals that have come out, uh, you know, it's, I think it, what the most recent, what I've been seeing most recently, Nick, if you look at the podcasts that I've released, everything's trending towards S and Bs. Uh, it's, it's a very big theme. Uh, I didn't really see that until I started talking to more people, but that does seem to be coming out pretty pretty clearly. Yeah, you and I had talked before this interview about APIs that are coming out for HR tech, you know, hooking into payroll. Obviously, we know about all of the banking APIs with like Plaid, transaction APIs, a well-worn path, you know, with Stripe and everybody that came after that. Um, mm -hmm. when, we're, when you're kind of looking at, you know, people that have been on your podcast or just API-first companies, what are two different ones where you feel like, oh, they're crushing it. Their product marketing is great. Their tech is awesome. You know, who are people that we should know about other than Stripe? Yeah. Um, so I'll have to give a shout out to Colo 
for sure. Um, these guys are some big time industry veterans, um, Darren Byer over there. And they've, uh, they've assembled a team behind the scenes of like some of the OG payments people that, so they've got the knowledge going back 20 or 30 years. You know, I think Darren Byer sold his original company to Fiserv in the early 2000s. Um, and then he worked, he's been in payments since then in various different roles. But about three or four years ago, they decided like the processors all suck, right? Like no one likes their processor, literally nobody. And I've been through this. I've talked to their companies. And I'm like, yeah, we hate our processor. Um, so they decided to go out and change that. And they built a new, the first new processing engine from the ground up, uh, I think since Marketa maybe, which was like 15 years ago. Um, and so that's really cool. I, I encourage everyone to go take a look at that. Um, and then another one that's, there's like, there's a couple small business, they're not API companies, um, not yet, um, but Tilful uh, is one that I really like. They also have uh, behind the scenes, their own by a company called Flowcast.ai. And Flowcast is actually an, an engine that creates small business credit profiles uh, and actually enables small business lending, which is one of the biggest problems to solve if you go in, if you want to get into like an SMB finance world, is that it's they don't most, I think like 50 to 60% of small businesses don't have any credit. And a lot of these guys are, these owners are just using their personal line, you know, personal credit to finance the business. Uh, and so Tilfo is trying to solve that, which is pretty cool. Nice. And then, you know, thinking a little bit about kind of your growth and um, this new adventure that you're on with Gusto, as well as doing headless banking, uh, what's something that you learned about yourself at Currency Cloud that you feel like you're going to apply to this next challenge? You know, because you guys were moving really fast in Currency Cloud, obviously a lot of success there, um, probably a lot of stub toes. And so what are some things that you kind of learned about how you're doing your work, how you're making partnerships? um that you know kind of like the the 2.0 version of jeff yeah great question um i think one of the most important things this kind of coincides with me leaving current squad and also the pandemic it's like kind of like to slow down to get better um and so it's something i try to do every day is like there's so many things that we could that could take our attention and so I really try to decide like every morning, like what are the two most important things that I can work on today that are actually gonna move the needle? Because yeah, I could get distracted by 75 different things that come my way. Somebody emails me, somebody slacks me, I get a text message, but all that stuff's just a distraction. And so my thing has been, what I've learned about myself is like, I need to just figure out what's what I should focus on and let all the rest of the stuff be noise. and. When I do that, I'm happier and I'm usually better at my job. Nice. Cool. <laughs> well, thank you for taking the time uh, to chat with us today. Uh, definitely uh, check out some of the new partners that Gusto is going to launch next year, but even bigger plug for the Headless Banking Podcast. Um, learn a lot of great stuff there. And also just a shout out to one of your recent guests, Jake from Flycode. Uh, they were number one on Hacker News this week. So... Let's oh, just wow. say headless, let's just say headless banking did that for them. That was yeah. That was all headless banking. Of course, of course. With our five hundred listener reach, it's definitely definitely us. <laughs> all five hundred. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thank you, Jeff. All right, Kirk.